Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 57, Home is Where the Hearth Is. And we don't actually use that phrase in the episode, I meant to use it because I really like the phrase, but I forgot, oh well. Anyway, in this episode, Daniel and I start off awkwardly, as is now kind of the tradition, um, talking about greetings, hello, uh, goodbye, acknowledgement, we discuss how how strange it is to ask how are you, um, and we actually kind of get carried away on that topic for a little while, <laughs> and then uh, Daniel asked me a question about light bulbs, uh, a very scientifically grounded question. Um, so we talk about light bulbs for a little while, which actually I don't know. I found it interesting to think about. I don't know if anyone else will find it interesting or not. And then we discuss houses. Uh, neither Daniel nor I am a homeowner uh, yet, but we have aspirations to own a home, and so we talk about what kind of house we would like, what are the features we would want in a house, uh, what's the most important room in a house, things of that nature. Um, Daniel has some eclectic tastes on homes and home paraphernalia, so maybe you'll find that entertaining. Uh, anyway, here is the episode. Enjoy. Hello, Danny. Bennett. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. Never been better. Well, probably a few dozen or hundred times I've been better, but I'm pretty good. Are you in the top 500 days of your, or like, not, not days, but better of your life? <laughs> uh, no, probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't go there, but I'm, I'm doing good. Pretty good overall. Okay. I like it. How about you? Uh, I haven't slept that well, uh, but that's okay. It's just like two days in a row, and that just affects your mood, and that frustrates me. Like, my focus isn't as good. Yeah, man. Sleep is important. It is. Um, and and those, beauty sleep. Do you ever think we could try something, not we, but I mean collectively, society-wise, like, we say, how are you? I mean, there's hello, which is great. It's neutral. It doesn't invite any sort of... But we say, how are you? Is there another... I mean, that's actually, it can be both a, a light question where you say something like never been better or I'm on a roller coaster that only goes up or or mm-hmm. great or good or fine or thing, you know, whatever. It's just generic. It's just an exchange that is insincere largely other than the sincerity is I see you and then it's I see you. Like, is there another question that we could ask sincerely or not, you know, as just a greeting? Like, hey, hungry? No. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We laugh, but like you're asking, how are you? And it's weird to be like, well, I've been kind of, all right, see ya. Like, that's weirder than hungry, no, uh, okay, or yes. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Like, it's no less weird. It's In fact, how are you can be deeply personal. It's like, sure. Yeah. How, how are you? Uh, I think you. we've joked about this before. Like, um, I, I seem to remember a story about Taco Bell, the Taco Bell drive through. And they started asking, you know, right when you pull up, hi, how are you? And that's how they start. Yes, which is a bizarre corporate mandate. They they don't say, can I take your order or welcome to Taco Bell. Maybe they say, welcome to Taco Bell. How are you? I don't remember exactly, but they say, hey, how are you? How are you? It struck me. It's like, this is weird. It is usually, can I take your order? Which is totally fine, by the way. I have no complaints about Like, that's what I expect. (laughs) But but we joked about, I don't even remember what was going on in my life at the time. But me saying like, oh, it's not too good today. You know, I had an argument with so-and-so and and, work is just real tough. And oh, God, you know, it's just not not a great... You know, the grind. Not a great day today. Anyway, I'll have a burrito. (laughs) I, I, re- I really wanted something better for dinner, but you know the bank account's kind of tight today, and I just gotta get it, gotta get that burrito. So you know, why don't you give me two of those burritos, please? No onions, please. No onions. Yeah. Also, no onions. <laughs> also, no onions. extra sauce, please. It's very funny. I, I really like that you remember my Taco Bell order. Um, yeah, like yeah. so. Yeah, how are you? It can be, you know, you can be opening a, a can of worms asking that question. So but can people, we do better? Like, is there just a a better well, sort the, of like? What's I the see purpose? You? Yeah, what's the purpose of that? Those words that you say. It's basically just to say, I'm paying attention to you. 
you're paying attention to me. We've initiated an, an interaction at the most surface level. So would it be something like, do you see me or I see yeah. you or I see you would be the most explicit. Are you paying, are you paying attention to me? Human, 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 <laughs> <laughs> human. I mean, that it's funny because it's almost calling it out too much, but it's like, I see another human and, uh, uh, you seem friendly. I'm like, how about that? <laughs> yeah, you seem friendly too. <laughs> My attention is on you, other human. Is your attention on me? I, I value the social fabrics enough to acknowledge your humanity. <laughs> Do you acknowledge the social fabric enough to acknowledge well, my humanity? Yeah, we need a nice uh, acronym or abbreviation for it. You know, the word goodbye is God be with you, essentially. Um, that's the uh, that's uh, the origin of goodbye. 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 God be with you. So and, does hello mean something in that way? Uh, I don't remember. I was trying to think of that, but I don't recall. It probably does. But I, I, I because think honestly, I hello my... is good, and greetings is a is a more. It's literally yeah. saying uh, it's a greeting, and you're just saying this is a greeting. That's a weird greetings. Greet. This is a greeting. Right. Of uh, all the greetings I could choose. I'm not going to choose one. I'm just going to say cat, the category of greetings. Acknowledgement. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's a good replacement. Well. We should use that. Acknowledgement. 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 Let's just, can that be our new opening? <laughs> I think <laughs> we remember. I think we need to say acknowledgement and acknowledgement of the stolen land that we are currently on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that we matters need to, to people. We yeah. need to do both. It really uh, maybe, helps. Actually, maybe but, acknowledgement captures it all, right? Like we acknowledge everything. So I acknowledge your humanity. Can be neutral too. It doesn't have to be like I enjoy you or I'm being friendly. It's just right. It, or I regret stealing this. Or I regret. It's yeah. just acknowledging. Acknowledge. Acknowledge all of history. Acknowledge all of the potential futures. Acknowledge the present. Yeah. Acknowledge you, the individual. Acknowledge humanity. Acknowledge all potential listeners in the future and uh-huh. past and current. And multiverses, everything. And multiverses. All of it. Just let's just take a second. Well, how long? To in order to truly and since we're saying we're acknowledging it, we better do it. So should we spend you know four or five hours at the beginning in silence to to, to give her yeah. the appropriate moment? Even if I'm swiftly acknowledging to my mind's. Uh, capacity. Right. It's going to take a second. You know? It's going to take a while. <laughs> Can we all just pause to take a day of silence to acknowledge yeah. these things? All of How long do you think you could get for, how long do you, if you said I would like to take a moment of silence for, and let's just say it's a, a serious thing that everyone agrees, some tra- tragedy had just unfolded the day before. Mm-hmm. How long before people get uncomfortable? And, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Probably that's a prank that someone has done. And, you know. But would they pull it off after an actual tragedy when that acknowledgement? It'd be funnier to know. do something like the, acknowledge the stolen land. And then in terms of it's I not never, an immediate yeah, tragedy. It, it's not hot. Even if you agree with it, the sentiment, it's not hot. It's not recent. So yeah, It would be uh, really funny uh, if there was a prank, like some organization or lecture or something where you, know, you can imagine the certain kinds of attendees and... Um, you you get you get your speaker up there and they say oh like, hello hello everyone I'm Doctor you know Johan Mickelson from whatever university and I'm here to talk to you today about whatever it is the economics of blah 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 uh, but first I, before we get started I just want to want us all to take a moment of silence to acknowledge the uh, the land that we're on and that it was stolen from this nation's indigenous people. And then, you know, you look down and close your eyes and just stand there. Yeah, and then you solemnly. just don't move. Like, don't move. Don't look up. Don't open your eyes. Just stand there and and wait. And maybe the talk is scheduled for an hour and you're just not moving. You're just not going to say anything else. Not even going to give the talk or whatever. That would be hilarious. And to see, like, how uncomfortable the audience gets and... When you know there's going to be a little, some whispering, and it's yeah. we still supposed to be silent, and, and you're kind I of mean, ribbing I, each other, and then maybe someone like coughs or stands up, and at that moment the speaker is, um, uh, we are acknowledging the stolen. Land. Surely you care about the stolen land, and you're willing to take a moment of silence because, of course, millions of people were silenced permanently uh, because of the decisions of our 
ancestors. So surely you can spend just a moment of your own time. It'd be very funny. Undefined moment. Yeah, moment. Who knows how because, long a moment is? Because I think people anticipate a moment being ten to fifteen seconds, and then I think after that they start to readjust. Let's. I can imagine that. Like, oh, we're really settling in for a moment. And and in that, still an individual thing, but that might be like a minute. Like, you could go, okay, okay, we're in this moment. Let's do it. And that's about a minute. After that minute wears off, you're starting to go, okay. Um, and let's just say you're totally devoted. You're like, all right, this is legit. We might, we're, I didn't I didn't know I was in for this, but we're into a five-minute moment. Like, we're, we're, we're in a moment. This is the best, <laughs> most gracious participant, right? Yeah. So about five minutes goes by. That's a long time. I mean, which That's is way too moment. long. Even them, I don't. I, I, this is unrealistic. I'm just the most gracious, unrealistic. Like I am. Yeah. I meditate all the time. I'm. I'm cool with this. Like good on this person. I want my my social justice points. You know, like five minutes goes by, and you're starting to go. You start to wonder. I mean, I really honestly think most people start to wonder at about forty five seconds. Yeah. Um. That's what I think. About forty five seconds, the average person is going. Okay. I, mean, I think shorter what's than going that. On? Like, I, I think, like, once you make it to 10 seconds, it's like, all right, there's there's the moment. And then people, you know, they don't, they're not willing to break the silence until, like, maybe 45 seconds. And that's when they're looking around and l- making eye contact with, you know, their roommates yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just escalates from there. Uh, I mean, what do you, but like, I've seen, moments have been too brief before. Too, if it's something like, all right, 9-11 happens, it's like, all right, let's have a moment of silence. And thank you. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, that's, that's like no, brief. we barely. I've, I've I've had moment. I've I've been in. I've participated in a moment of silence that long, and I'm thinking that fit, felt wrong. Uh, that was not a moment by my clock, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, what do I'm you think about what, moments of silence? Organized moments of silence like that in general. I am. I'm gonna say generally pro moments of silence, uh, and in that uh, we're a pretty undisciplined collective, and there's some there's power in stopping what we're doing. We're a fat, increasingly fast-paced society, and we're probably losing moments of silence. So probably it might even we might be able to revisit this podcast in 20 years and go remember moments of silence. That's weird. <laughs> we haven't done that in, you know, a long like post-covid yeah. era they were done or something. I don't know. Um and so I want it's a suggestion that we do hold some things as holy in society and I want us to hold some things holy and say or like this is it, there's not much we can do but we can sit still for a moment and the idea of collective brain power if i i mean this is again uh aspirational but if that if if 70 percent of the room uh was to say okay like i'll take that moment and think mm-hmm. about whatever it is that's a i like that thought it, yeah it me too thrills was, me so. that's what i was thinking too like it seems like Attention and focus is something. Well, is something that we should pay more attention to um, <laughs> in our modern times because it seems like individually, our attention is fragmented. You know, with our social media and little notifications dinging on our machines all the time, and all, all kinds of stuff vying for our attention constantly. So we're fragmented individually and societally. We're fragmented as well. Our attention is. You know, on the next big thing, our news cycle is a 24-hour fad machine, you know, like, yeah. and all of our trends, you know, come and go extremely quickly. And so, yeah, to take a moment and just say, all right, everyone here, everyone listening right now, you know, put all that stuff aside and let's all think about the same thing for just a moment, however many hours that moment may last. Um, <laughs> hours, yeah. you know, let's all be on the same page. Yeah, I think that has some weight behind it. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it other than saying, it, I mean, I believe currently more ritual would be a good thing. And that's a ritual that is suggesting we hold something important. And uh, I like it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a question for you. I was thinking about this. You know, we did Daniel Does Science yeah. last week, and oh, it gets no. me real science-oriented. Oh, okay, really thinking. Yeah. Of, I don't know why. It just make me I thought you were going to get thinking. your revenge and ask me about Kesha or 
some someone <laughs> no this is a little simpler something. i was just uh one of my bathroom light bulbs went out and i thought oh, to no. myself uh, dang it like why <laughs> like why isn't this better you know uh well it's just like now here's a task that doesn't immediately demand to be confronted. Because you have other light bulbs in there. Presumably. Yeah, it's a row of light bulbs, and you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, at what point do I need to replace? Or do I wait till another one goes? You know, this sort of yeah. like, or just you're well intentioned, but you don't do it because it's just not quite. Even I'm a particular person, and even that doesn't say like, oh, gotta fix that right now. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. So, so anyway, light bulbs going out, and then I thought, you know, I've had. TVs that last for years and years and years, and I know that. So, so long story short, like why are light bulbs like going out so often, and and TV lights. TVs are, are not going are, out so often. They're not just not going out so often. Should we be putting you know little mini TVs in in the light bulbs? Like, should we? I, mean, I know that's silly, and I also know I want to. I want to before I'll let you answer the question, but I, I I'm aware of a couple of things that. You turn light bulbs on for potentially, like, if you're at home and you turn a light on, it could be on for eight hours or four hours or whatever. And TV tends to be, like, on for the program you watch and then off. Um, and is rarely on for, like, eight hours the way a, t- a, a, a light might be. So I get that. And I also know that TVs aren't as bright as a light bulb. However, TVs are doing other things, too. And uh, and light bulbs are just doing one thing, making a little light. So... Um, so what's going on? Why are my light bulbs burning all, all the time? And you know, and I'll even buy like a little LED, which I'm like, oh. I just recall, I recall a long time ago thinking, oh, LED bulbs are supposed to have like sixty thousand hours or some crazy nonsense. I'm like, oh well, I'm just like, we're getting on the border of like never replacing light bulbs, and I'll buy these cheap LED bulbs, and they don't seem to last any longer than the filament bulbs. So is that right, filament? That is yeah. that what's okay. So. Go ahead, Professor Bennett. Like, <laughs> well, hello everyone. I'm Professor Bennett. Like, be- before I answer the question, I'd like to take a moment of silence. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> firstly, why don't we have TVs in our light bulbs? I guess I'll start there. Uh, well, they're different. They're different technologies, and yeah. there's obviously different costs involved. TVs. You pay hundreds of dollars for, and light bulbs you pay dollars for. So you know you you wouldn't expect the same quality, or and certainly not quantity of components to go into a light bulb that go into a TV. Um, Yeah. And so, so that's one. If I bought if I bought a hundred dollar light bulb, it might last truly (laughs) like for virtually forever. Is that is that on the market like a some crazy better? Uh, there light probably like... there probably is a high durability light bulb meant for you know use you know in rough environments outside and you know in like deserts. Hard to and change, crap. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but the real answer to your question is you know it's about the technology of the light bulb. How does a light bulb work? Um, and we have essentially three kinds of consumer light bulb. You have your the ones that you like, uh, the tungsten filament bulbs, this is, Edison these are the, bulbs, Edison bulbs. These are the classic ones where you know it works by you just have gl- glass essentially. You have a glass bulb and you run electric current through a little metal filament, a little thin piece of metal wire, usually tungsten, and it the electricity as it passes through the metal heats up, heats it up, and that process generates light. Also, a lot of heat. They're just so glowing, so yeah, that's what it they're is. They're, they're glowing getting hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. And so when they bu- when they burst, is that just the filament, like the, the connection breaking? Yeah. They don't burst. The filament just degrades, um, and there's no more electrical contact. And so the current can't flow, and it doesn't work. So and if you very ever predictable in terms of hours, so they're like they, there's just been enough of this, or they can say that we've measured this. This is roughly two yeah, I think hours they, or something. I think they say those usually are about twelve hundred hours, something like that for a filament bulb. I'm sure it varies. You can probably buy higher quality filament bulbs too, but yeah, usually that's about it. And the downside to those is they're really inefficient because all of that energy, you know, electricity is the energy you're paying for. You're losing a lot of that to heat, 
Okay, so, I got a question for you. Okay. If I touch that filament while it's live, do I get burned or electrocuted? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good question. You'll definitely get burned because it's hot. Yeah, uh, yeah. But am I getting electrocuted because of all the <laughs> Well, there, there's electrical energy running th- running through that filament, so at least for an instant you'll get electrocuted. The question is... I don't know how like physically strong the filament is. If by touching it, you would essentially break it and break the contact, or maybe you are a quicker path to ground than the other side of the uh, the circuit is, and therefore you either would or would not get the electricity passing through you. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I would imagine the other side of this. I don't, I don't know. Actually, you should try it and tell me how it goes. <laughs> well, well, so, yeah, it was obvious that I would get burned, but I, I was curious about And then when you said that, it made me think, are there other times I'm being quote-unquote electrocuted, but I'm not feeling anything? Like, what do we mean when we say we are electrocuted? Because we have currents passing through us frequently, I would think, uh, or our body is a lot of currents, and then maybe I and touch different. things and grounds. And, okay. Yeah, it's different. When people say our bodies are filled with currents, it's not the same. Like, it's in a, a wire... No, well, it's it is it technically is electrical current, but it's a different kind. So in our bodies, it's usually ionic differentials. So you have you don't you don't care about any of this, but no. it's not the same. We're definitely as, in like a yeah. <laughs> it's not the same as electricity going through your, um, you know, your power lines, which is el- electrons being transmitted essentially. Well, I and recently in your... rewatched The Matrix, and all the machines took care. Like they, the reason they used us in our little wombs, you know, our little pods that they had, was that we provided them with uh, with power. We were batteries of sorts. So, explain that. I can't. I can't explain that one. That must okay. still be in the future. In our future. Okay. Yeah. It's so. It's a. It's just a different thing. So, like, chemically, you know, we have potassium and sodium ions in our body mostly, and we have other things too, but the, the movement of those across different barriers is what causes electrochemical gradients, and that's what causes things to happen. In our power lines, we don't have sodium and potassium moving around. That's not okay. how it works. We have copper. So other yeah. so light anyway, bulbs, though. Anyway, yeah, we have the tungsten bulbs. They're really inefficient because a lot of that electrical energy goes to heat. Then we have compact fluorescent bulbs, which you've seen the little curly ones. Yeah, gonna, yeah, the curly ones. I'm going to put those aside for a second. And then we have LED bulbs. That's the newest light bulb technology. And they're, frankly, the best. Um, These guys are, like, the most badass light bulbs that we've had in a long time. Because LEDs, light-emitting diodes, are really tiny semiconductors. Essentially, they're very stable. They're, They're not mechanically complex. So it's not like you can shake it around and mess up the LED. And they emit a lot of light we can finely tune the wavelength of light that we want and they're energy efficient and they don't produce heat so it's kind of like simply don't or they produce less uh, they produce far far less heat they don't they don't light they don't function by making something uh hot and then glow like the light is a direct product of the semiconductor function it releases photons based on the way it functions rather than we just happen to heat up this filament and that's what generates light so it directly produces the outcome that we want they're way cheaper they're supposed to last for 50,000 hours i would be highly suspect of yeah maybe you're buying some cheapo brand or treating them really poorly or something if yours aren't lasting a long time i personally i bought some led light bulbs back way before i moved across the country they, they must be years old now and i'm still using them like, i haven't replaced my light bulbs in a really long time because they're led bulbs and yeah. like I'm not, I'm not being paid by a big light bulb or anything to say this. <laughs> like they I just, really I must are. I just bought a batch and had a weird like like a few went out within a year and I'm like, oh, that's what? I thought this very was unusual. Right. They're the best light bulbs, no question. It makes sense. They're not hot. You can touch them. They're yeah. bright. You know. Yeah, they're Everything bright. Like in theory, I was like, this is great. You know, they were inexpensive. I mean, why would we even produce other light bulbs except we, for like well, a novelty? In fact, we're, yeah, we're phasing out the other bulbs really because. They're worse in every way, right? Unless you're yeah, a hipster. <laughs> I mean, there's still room for that. I really think, or why not? You could just make probably make LEDs that look like filament or something. I don't know. Even yeah, that. I'm sure they have done that. It probably doesn't quite look 
you know, it doesn't look as authentic. Because yeah, exactly. What uh, what what were the ones you wanted to table for a second? What were they called? Oh yeah, like, compact fluorescent. Per, compact fluorescent. You know the yeah. little swirly ones. Yeah, yeah. Those those came along, I forget when, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, something like that, and they were the new hot thing, right? Like. They're so much more efficient than the other bulbs. I pictured filament just curling all around it, so it was a lot longer to burn, like a candle wax, like a candle. No, totally different technology. Um, You know, they're like fluorescent lights, like the annoying ones that you have in Walmart or your kitchen or whatever, but in a more compact. Water's in them, and like, yeah, yeah. Well, they I mean, don't fluorescent have... lights. I know, what you, but I meant flicker and yeah, like, they flicker, like wavy and yeah, yeah. They have like a gas inside of them and uh, a special coating on the inside of the tube, and um, when the current passes through, it reacts with like the phosphorescent coating and produces light. Now, the, well, I've got an the downside. Question. Well, go ahead. Yeah, the downside to those is that the gas is like. Uh, not good for you and i think those light bulbs have like mercury in them or something and they're rated for like 10,000 hours and personally i i had those before leds were widely available and i remember one time you know one reached the end of his life or whatever and it burned like a little hole in the base of the bulb where the tube collects and I didn't realize, I didn't notice it had gone out, but just one day I started having a really terrible headache. I, I don't get headaches very often. It's really yeah. terrible, felt unnatural. I wasn't sick, I just had a really bad headache. And then I discovered that the light bulb had like just gone out. Uh, and I think it was, you know, whatever whatever stuff it let out into I really don't like that. my Ugh. living room just gave me a terrible headache. Um, I really hate that. Yeah, so now I use LED lights. I've always fluorescent lighting, the the flicker effect, yeah, it gives terrible. people headaches, and I'm sensitive to it. And then, so we have, I believe, in the workplace, like in my school, like fluorescent lighting that we can adjust to bright and low. And like kids, generally like a darker room, and uh, and I like a fully lit room. But I swear, man, with my, if I'm more sensitive to flickering light than the average person, when we put it on low, it feels like it's flickering slower. And it's not discernible, but it, it, it that 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 almost like fanning effect of strobing feels more intense to me, and I get I get headaches quicker, and I can't prove it. And I would love for someone to come along and say, "You're right, Daniel. The flickering is slower at a lower level, mm-hmm. and even though it's not true. as bright, well, it feels physically. I feel." gross when we lower the light to this weird level the lowest it can go and these are bright fluorescent lights that are lowered and it feels something's wrong i'm telling you i'm experiencing something physically not just a preference for low light like i actually would like low lighting too but this feels off so i just wonder what i'm reacting to Mm, so the flick I, i could be wrong on this i'm not sure the flickering I've always I don't thought see flickering. By the way, it's just like feels wrong well, at a low level. <laughs> I've always thought it sounds so odd to say like I just feels wrong, but it does. So our power grid in the United States anyway is sixty hertz, meaning it's alternating current, and you get the different phases, the, the different peaks, uh, sixty times per second. So we flicker, you know, or, or if a power source is uh, being turned on and off every every peak, then it's sixty times a second, and that's the flicker. You can if some people can hear the 60 hertz. It's at the very, very low end of human hearing. Or if you have sensitive equipment, microphones, or whatever, you can pick up the 60 hertz noise from all the power lines and everything yeah. um, that are around. So I would think that fluorescent lights would simply use the the uh, frequency of the power and flicker at 60 hertz regardless of what brightness, brightness yeah. they're on. But maybe, I don't know how they work, maybe they skip... Maybe when you turn the brightness down, it takes every other peak or something. I don't know how it works. So, I mean, it's possible, but I, I'm not sure about that one. I would like to find out why I'm physically reacting to it. I'm not, I mean, I guess it could be psychosomatic weak. and I'm just, just like, weak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm the simple. same. I'm the same way. I don't like fluorescent lights. I get rid of fluorescent lights in my, uh, my apartment and in any office I've worked in. I, don't use the lights. I bring my own lamps. Go to lamps, yeah. 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 Um, kind of on the same track of uh, home decor and home appliances and stuff, I want to ask you about houses. Uh, 
just kind of broadly your thoughts on houses. You don't <laughs> you don't own a house, neither do yeah. I, but yeah. you aspire to own a house one day, I presume. I do. Yeah. So, like, would you rather would you rather have a house that is new, brand new, or like an old house with you know, with some character, maybe some history or something like that? Uh, I guess I'd say I care more about the layout of the house than and and than I do. And I like the idea of character, and I like the idea of new. So I'm not opposed to either, and I don't, I'm not attracted to one or the other automatically. Um, what I do worry about is new is sometimes cheaper. Like an older house, like built 50 years ago, I, I'd like to know a couple of things. Uh, it's more likely to be laid out in an old-school way where the uh, I, I want an open kitchen. Stuff like that matters, where the kitchen sort of blends into the living room and it's mm-hmm. like open air instead of these sort of shotgun kitchens and the design and layout. So even if you've put in you know, a nice new fridge and it's got stainless steel appliances or whatever that I don't really care about, but you know, it's got a, plenty of cabinetry, but if it's just off to the side or in its own separate room, that bothers me more. So you're going to find that in older houses more often. Yeah. Um, but older houses... There's something about the bones and the sturdiness of it that, like, some of these, I mean, you know, you see these constructions. I'm imagining there's a lot of efficiency that goes on now, but a lot of cheapness, too, whether it's cheap filler or just, you know, learning how far they can space the studs and still be, you know, there's code to protect safety, but, you know, these paper-thin walls. I am currently in a what I would call a luxurious apartment with just... No, like I hear my neighbors now they're particularly bad, but <laughs> but like there's just just you would think at a luxury home they would have done or a luxury apartments they would have done something for soundproofing and that sort of thing. And I, so I associate newness with this sort of cheapness too. Uh so that's my concern, but but I like newness also reflects our current societal values and how we occupy space a little more so you're more likely to get a nicer or more amenable layout something that's conducive to my sensibilities mm-hmm. um also uh i don't know where we're at there, there's been this is an ebb and flow but like size of master bedrooms i don't care i do want an attached bathroom and i want it to be an efficient space but it doesn't need to be big i don't need it big enough to have a king size and you know a little uh Reading what do they nook. call them? Painting chairs, or poetry whatever. nook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't in a fireplace, and it's like, uh, like I would be fine with a small one. But um, if you're also buying for the future to sell in the future, like you might, I've heard it can be harder to sell depending on the trends. If you have like some small uh, king or master bedroom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I want a house. I don't look forward to the unpleasant. Like, okay, if my fridge breaks, I just put in a work order and they fix it. I don't have to worry about, like, like the roof or mowing the lawn, you know, all of that. But I'm going to have to reorient my thinking until, like, this is my kingdom and I am I am the king. And then all of a sudden, if I'm mowing the grass, I'm, I'm the upkeep of the kingdom can be uh, fulfilling in a way. Like, this is my own domain. This is my my plot of the land like this is my american dream and so when i orient myself that way and like build little projects and add on like i love that Um, so i have some features that like are important to me or that i would like but this things like basements and porches and things like that and which one takes priority spiral staircases and brick wall internal brick walls (laughs) yeah all of the your and but new and but i'm jumping into too much i was gonna let you kind of outline where you wanted this to go but old and new uh i think i outlawed the pros and cons to me and so i guess it just depends uh, it just depends, but I can tell you that I, I, a smart layout matters more to me than square footage because I've I've really come to believe like in a living room if if you put your wall your TV on the wall which I like to do and your living room's small like okay I sit nice and close to the TV and it feels cozy I've been in bigger living rooms where it's like I either had to have a floating couch or or like it was just a little too far away you know and so I've I've just recognized that. Obviously, I don't want to be cramped, but it, once I'm not feeling cramped, I don't need a luxurious space. I just need a room. I would like a guest bedroom. I would like an office, uh, and I would like a workout space. What's and the most important room in a house? 
man, that's a tough one because I love my bathroom time, you know, my little escapes in the day, but also like uh, where you like prep for the day. And it's in terms of complicated rooms, it's the kitchen and bathroom objectively. They're doing things with piping, plumbing and electricity and and different. So like it would be kitchen number one uh, and then and then bathroom. But but like your relaxation. Subjectively, subjectively, if one room in your house had to be really poor and which room would you not want it to be or if you had one room in your house that was really great which room would you want it to be yeah. that that kind of thing okay um my not great room would be some guest bedroom would be very plain here's a bed uh no i mean which but you mean of yeah, the main rooms which uh, room not, would you want to about not four years and stuff like that i'm saying which room would you not want to be poor like so yeah, yeah. that's what I mean by what is the most important room in the house? Um, probably the living room, the place where I'm going to have conversations, watch TV, relax, kick my feet up. Like this is my peaceful spot. This is where I'm going to like put put care into the either whether it's artwork on the wall or the arrangement of the furniture. It's the most important to be precise. So uh, if you had if you could only have a, a you know, a great living room constructed and filled the way you want but in order to achieve that you had to have a really mediocre bathroom that that would be an acceptable or vice trade. versa or yeah. vice versa yes. uh gosh uh i'm gonna say Look, yes because i envision my a world in which i'm entertaining so my living room is gonna be pretty outstanding maybe have a maybe even like a bar in it or like a, some some I mean, I, I kind of would think that'd be more in like a basement if I have an area, like a cool playroom that we people are hanging out and drinking and playing pool or ping pong or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I, I can deal with a mediocre bathroom. I've had mediocre bathrooms my whole life. I just realized that a few upgrades and a few things that I like, it can be a much better experience. But, but yeah, I think so. I think I'd be okay with that. Whereas I, but, but I think what will end up happening because most people's values in home, like the homes are designed around the living room, right? The central space that that's already pretty structurally taken care of. There's not much to do there. Whereas the bathroom, I might add glass doors instead of a curtain, uh, install like a pretty like permanent or hefty shower head that maybe rains from the ceiling or something (laughs) like that, you know? That kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, that stuff's like expensive or or recessed uh, places to put your shampoo bottles or things like that. You know, so it's not just you're buying some caddy that you droop over the, yeah. the shower head and it's just falling off or a suction cup this or whatever nonsense, you know. Right. Um, or heated tile floors, potentially, if you live somewhere really cold, could wow, be nice. That, that gets That gets crazy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, do, do you think? Yeah. Do you think that if you maybe you didn't have any other obligations, you didn't work, have to work or whatever, do you think you could build a house for yourself? I love the idea. I think I physically then why not? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it were my life's work, yes. Uh, and we're talking about wiring and plumbing and everything. Yeah, I mean, we're talking geez. about everything. Like you have, you know, you have YouTube at your disposal, or and you could <laughs> yeah. email some contractors and say, like, how do I do this, or can I come watch? And I have my whole life devoted to doing it. Is it just yeah, what, possible? Sure. Yeah, is it possible? Do you think you could do it? Do you think it's within your capabilities to build a house? It doesn't have. No, I'm not saying you have to put in your. Edison bulbs in your rain I'll tell you, shower getting, thing, but they're getting there. There are these house kits that, yeah. that for for tiny homes that are really intriguing because they're modular and like you decide what what aspects you want and they'll basically ship it to you and then you usually typically let's say because you you can look at them and some pretty pleasant ones are like seventy five thousand dollars some really cool looking ones and you're like oh I want that they'll ship it to you. then you got to do things like. Uh, if, depending on whether you want it on a trailer or or sort of a like almost like a you know double wide trailer or do you want it on something like a 
do you want it at, like foundation? Do you want someone to come in and pour the foundation? And then you would hire an electrician. But you're saying, so let's just say I was doing this the most feasible way, but I was going to do everything. I would order the tiny home kit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the electricity. I bet you, you know, I'd have to study for a while, but like run your basics and do some, like if money's not the issue, like, yeah, I th- I'd like to think I could. Um I don't think it's worth it because that would require like a truly a just, all right, this is my life now is learning how to plumb, do plumbing and uh, <laughs> learning how to plumb. <laughs> um, I mean, and then, uh, is that the word? Learning yeah. how to, to plumb, plumb yeah. the, it just it sounds weird because I'm thinking of the, the fruit. So <laughs> learning how to noun. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so. So yeah, I think I could, but I think I'd be. It would be so much trial and error, and I think this would be over years if I'm not in a hurry. Sure. To time is a big part of it, but like, do I contain the intellectual capacity to do, uh, yeah, some ele- electric wiring? And I just think yes, <laughs> yeah, electricity. You get those work. sodium and potassium Elect- ions really running around in there. <laughs> yeah. Whatever ions are. I also understand fully that. Like that's more in fantasy land, but but there is something like you could take some ownership of the tiny home thing and get a, you know a nice uh, nail gun and get to work and feel like you did a heck of a lot. Honestly, yeah, I was I was gonna ask you about tiny homes because I remember at one point in the past, maybe you had just discovered them or you saw some cool video. Yeah, I follow about some them, groups on Facebook were, even. I really like them. Yeah, you were very into it. Are you still? Is okay. the idea still? captivate you i think would I you seriously how, consider a tiny home um i i not as much or here's actually actually here's what i'm thinking um i would seriously consider a tiny home in terms of i would have a properly sized home because i realize i occupy space a little uh you know with danielle we we you you occupy more you occupy space differently and so i want room to to man spread yes or even just okay uh she wants to be doing her thing and i want to be doing my thing and i don't want it to be in the same space and so that needs to be there needs to be room for that um and if you ever want to have people over i think you're you're sort of winding that down with the with the tiny home thing so Mm -hmm. what my ideal world is that we have a like I, I do anticipate us having a house that is smaller than you know your average house, but it's wisely laid out. And then, this is kind of funny if my dad ever listens to this, but like if they want to visit a bunch and they just happen to want to like, I want to have a really cool yard and like have maybe potentially a Pitch tiny a home, a tiny home in the yard that is uh, nice guest and home. it fit. Yeah, it's a little guest home and it also is a guest like so it converts maybe it's like more of a party like it opens up almost garage door like they'll have these kind of things like imagine garage door style so it's almost like an open air little home where there's a bar or party looking you know with a big little patio and Mm -hmm. and it just you can imagine an ornate or a a well-constructed backyard with two patios that like and you can walk from one to the other and like play yard games and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's my ideal scenario. So that guests come and they actually get their own bathroom and house and like travel you know, size maybe, phonograph. Yeah, like we leave things out like you know, no washer and dryer, but there is a running water, sink, shower, you know, uh, all of that. So that'd be nice. Do you think? Um... How much of the tiny home phenomenon is uh, social engineering? Like when I, when I think about tiny homes, well, firstly, I appreciate the actual engineering aspect and the design aspect to cram, you know, lots of stuff into a small space, and you know, a lot of things are multi-purpose. Yeah, they're neat. Learning like storage under stairs or like movable cabinets and things like mm-hmm. that. That's really satisfying seeing things like that. But, um, part, but social engineering. But, yeah, but part of it also seems like social engineering. It's like, you know, we're going to condition people to be comfortable in their little pods uh, with no land. And, you know, they can pay their, um, you know, they're still going to pay a lot of money for these little 
tiny pods and we'll just be able to stack them, you know, end on end or whatever. Um, or maybe even you can rent, rent your own tiny home and it'll be for less rent than you would pay in an apartment. You know, it just seems kind of like making people happy with much, much less. Do you think that's a good goal to make people happy with much, much less? Or is there something sinister in that idea? I think, can the answer be both? Like, if, I think it can, yeah. Yeah, it might be for sinister reasons, but the the, but but I think I sincerely held belief that this is good. Like like I think less things. I, like, as I think about what matters to me, materialism starts to you know that that just doesn't rank as high on the list. And so, can I be happy uh, with less things? And a tiny home would force that, and it's a sort of philosophy. But you're right. I think, so, first of all, yes to the social engineering question. But I also think the answer is yes to that about whether it's living the city life and the loft. Like, I think even something like Seinfeld or How I Met Your Mother or these like New York friends, you know, I think these, I think not only is it a reflection of the times, but I think it's an engineering. So like people will like flock to the city and be cool. It's cool to live there. Or like, no, I want my big suburban spread out house kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think there's an ebb and flow to it, but I also think there's a, there's some engineering going on, some social manipulation. And so you're right that, 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 that could absolutely be the case. And I don't see, I've never actually driven by like a tiny home neighborhood or something, but I know that those exist. And that's you just, a you did, you just thought. missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, it theoretically, if they were nice and tiny and also like had some pub like some amenities of that neighborhood like oh we're gonna have some really cool outdoor spaces that are shared that could all in theory work but i but i honestly think it's the single person's dream like it's not Mm -hmm. like it 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 becomes a whole lot different with a partner or like a partner and kids and that sort of stuff uh and that's when the suburban spread out lifestyle starts to work and i still want the compartmentalization in a home so i might still want end up wanting a four bedroom home which sounds like i'm starting or, or even five and it's getting into this oh you're getting into these mcmansions i'm like no 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 square footage when wisely laid out i think you could still have a, like very reasonable uh square footage like surprisingly small even uh it just just thoughtfully laid out so mm-hmm. i am interested in efficiency and i also like the idea of like if i want nice wood floors all of a sudden if you have a smaller square footage you can get the really nice for for affordable everything you do is more affordable the smaller it is whereas if you're replacing your windows with top-notch windows and it's a giant house it's just really expensive what about what about land um so their privacy is really my i don't need acres of woods that i don't use um or if i have access to trails but they're not mine technically that's fine too so i have no i actually don't want to like own 15 acres or something like that unless i had some purpose but right now i don't so that's beyond like in my ideal world well first of all i'm pretty flexible about my living space so i'd be okay with a tiny a yard big enough to you know toss the old pigskin in kind of thing. It doesn't need to be big, but I want to be able to play cornhole. Like I want to be able to have a porch and a little bit of grass. Um, and if I'm in a neighborhood where it's not a lot of, uh, like, like, like these small lots where we share lines where fences, I want the privacy fence to be solid, thick and tall. Uh, and, and I'd be okay with that. But ideally, since we're dreaming here a little bit is that, um, I would like to not see the other houses, but also live in a neighborhood. I like the idea of a neighborhood. I'm not opposed to it, but but uh, in, in, in the perfect world, it's sort of like trees and foliage sort of separate us. So they can be reasonably small lots, but it feels really private and it's generally quiet. And even those trees act as sound barriers anyway. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't need, uh, I want, I want access, also walkability of my home wherever I live. I, I'm I'm going to go outside and walk, so it's a it's actually pretty a big deal to me. It used to be like, oh, I want to walk to like really cool stuff. So on the weekend, I don't mind getting in the car and driving fifteen or twenty minutes for an activity. So I don't need to be, or even I guess thirty if it's a big big cool activity. If I'm going to go see a play, I don't need to live next to the theater kind of thing. Um, but 
but I want my walking, I'm doing nightly. So I want my walking to be nice. And that could be urban or rural, but I want it to be nice and intentional and not just sort of like, like I've, I've lived in places where the walking is not conducive. So I'm either walking on next to a street with lots of cars in a frustrating way. And it's mm-hmm. unpleasant, almost alley type walking. It's not fun. And, but I've, I've walked in, in cities. It's really pleasant when, you know, so, uh, as long as it's a pleasant and thoughtful walk with multiple options too, that's nice. Yeah, we have some some overlapping tastes when it comes to houses. Some overlapping desires. I think I, you know, pri- I guess the privacy is the main concern for land as well. If you if you're not thinking about the value, I mean, land is valuable too. Um, but yeah, I would. Ideally, I would like to not be able to see anyone else, any other houses, right? So really the largest swath of land that, you know, that I could manage would be best, right? Um, yeah. And does that also mean, do you picture yourself surrounded by trees and yeah. kind of thing or not? Woods. Uh, yeah. yeah, woods. Wood. I, I will have a small portion of like maintained land and the rest is just woods. Yeah. Ideally, that would be great. Um do you picture would, yourself going down awesome. like a winding driveway uh, for yeah, a while, and then it kind of comes to a clearing with the home, but yeah. it's just woods all around? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or like on a mountaintop, <laughs> really high, really high up. Yeah, just a mountaintop. And um, like it's so far, like actually where I am now, there are houses like that that are up like really high on hills, and like, yeah, you can see them from a long way away but they're so far away that would you be fine with that if it were like an hour to a grocery store but no see were, that's like, the thing amazing view or what well, that, are you yeah that's the problem is like i really like being close to stuff i don't have to be right in the middle of stuff but grocery store is like the main thing like i don't want to have to stock up my freezer and eat yeah what's the food, furthest you, you know? would, yeah what's the furthest you'd get from a grocery store i mean like honestly <sighs> We're talking trade-offs here. So if I was getting my mountaintop mansion, you know, yeah. super nice and everything with LED light bulbs, then <laughs> I would, you know, I guess I would be willing to drive further to the grocery store. But, like, honestly, 30 minutes is where it's starting to get, like, I don't want to have to drive further than this to the store, you know? Yeah. But, like, if I had, like, some amazing house on amazing property – then I would just suck it up and get a big freezer and just change my food lifestyle. Yeah, how how hard is it to change your? It, it just means that now when you go in, you're you're buying groceries for two weeks or something, or maybe three or more. And, or, yeah, more than that. If and, you're thirty minutes, but like let's say now you you really all right. You have the you can afford this, and here's your dream home. But it's yeah, it's thirty an minutes, hour fifteen would, minutes. You know, like like now are yeah. you thinking? Are you still thinking well, carefully? Or is hour fifteen like thing. no way, no way? Like <laughs> where 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 I am right now. I live in an apartment, so I'm in town. It takes me, like, I live one mile from the grocery store. So this is as convenient as my grocery buying has ever been. Um, like, I go every every week, and I don't I don't freeze anything because I, everything I can have fresh. And that's ideal yeah. to me. But around and further out in the area that I live, there are amazing homes in amazing locations that are just beautiful in nature. And I would love to live in a place like that. But then it's like, okay, in the winter, when the roads are closed and snowy, like you're not going to make it to the grocery store. And when you, yeah, you do, gotta you learn how to hunker down for the winter. Kind yeah, of thing. you got to learn how to hunker down for like potentially like weeks at a time. Like you, and, pro- they probably own those sorts of uh, end of days food bins. Yeah, for, you know, you know, they probably actually have one for right. good reason. If you ask them what the most important room in their home is, they would say the bunker. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, that, I would have to change my lifestyle, right? And it would be, oh, let me do my monthly shopping trip and buy, you know, four hundred dollars of groceries, come home and freeze it all, and then you know, eat the frozen food, which just frozen when you freeze food is not as good. Um, there's just no getting around that. Right. So, but but for an amazing home, you know, I would maybe make that trade off. But would I would really like. 
somewhere kind of in the middle, you know, like uh, w rural enough where I can have some land, but close enough to town where I could, you know, go to the grocery store without it taking forever. Let's say there's a mediocre neighborhood in terms of like, it's not super nice, but, but crime's not an issue. You're just like obviously comfortable walking around. That's not, and let's say the house, um, is, um, very fairly priced and, it not that privately you just can you're walking in what you would almost call a standard neighborhood house yeah. by house and uh and it is quiet and you're in the inside you're really pleased with like how it looks how it's laid out it's pretty much like meets or surpasses your expectation it's not not size wise it's not grand but it is just like man this is a cool house um i'm compromising privacy uh yeah. completely pretty much how much does that hurt your desire uh like would, well i yeah. mean at this point at this point in my life i don't expect to have an amazing first house you know like i i'm very flexible in my living standards as well like you are so i don't need a huge place it you know it doesn't have to be soup on the super nice end uh, i don't want it to be noisy that's important to me and yeah i would like a you know a a good layout. I, I, I agree with you on some of those points. Um, so yeah, for a first house, I would be willing to, you know, just get some property, just get a house. And I was going to ask, why are you even thinking in terms of first house and why not just go for the like, well, that's like, a good we're question. We're not in a hurry, you know, and, well, and we, and you're, or maybe we are, maybe for different reasons, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good question. And typically, you know, my own personal philosophy on buying things is buy something good and then you don't have to think about it anymore and pay it off immediately and then you don't have to think about it anymore, right? Yeah. So if I had the the means and the opportunity, then I would just buy a really great, awesome house and not think about it anymore. But the problem is, you know, at different stages in your life, you have different needs. Right now, I don't need, like you said, I don't need a four or five bedroom home. Like I make do just fine. My apartment is actually bigger than I need. There's a lot of space that I don't use in my apartment. They don't build houses small enough for what <laughs> I would actually use. You know, it would be silly. Yeah. But but eventually, you know, assuming that I have a family one day, it would be nice to have. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to fit in a tiny spot. I would need right. a larger a larger house. So the house couldn't grow to accommodate my needs. Not easily anyway. So. There's no reason to do that. I mean, if I was just super wealthy, you know, if our podcast was really bringing in the dough, which, <laughs> you know, maybe it will someday, even though we don't do any advertising. Um, Man, I would love just to pay. I don't care if it's the quarter, like 25 cents, like a paycheck from some someone because we somewhere. brought value. Like, I, that would be so funny to me. We, that would be nice to frame the 25 cent. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> revenue, third space podcast. Um, yeah, but like, in, if I was super wealthy, then sure, go for it. But I'm not, and house prices are totally absurd right now. Um, so you know, it doesn't seem doesn't seem likely. When you say there's no hurry, I don't know. I mean, is it a hurry? Like, are the is the cost of housing going to continue to rise? In which case, you we know, there kind of there is yeah. a time concern. Or is it going to crash? You don't know. I don't know. What What is something that might support, like what is a, a bonus feature, I'll call it, not a deal breaker, but that you, you, you want more than maybe you even know you should? Like something that might be a little silly, that's not just purely practical and you would love for your house to have that like. Hmm. That might surprise me a little or anything like that. Well, it's not going to surprise you that I want a spiral staircase. Uh, <laughs> I love, it. love That's spiral staircases. Thing. No, no, no. This, I, I had spiral staircases first. I like spiral staircases before you did. Um, I'm so you really older. do love them and, and would yeah. be really thrilled seeing one. I like them. They're really cool. Now, would I want a spiral staircase to be my primary staircase for getting between floors? Probably, Probably not. not, unless it was a large, like really uniquely constructed spiral staircase. That would be pretty cool. If it was the centerpiece of your house, like, oh, the spiral staircase house, you know, like you have the open yeah. house and the whole neighborhood comes and marvels at your staircase. <laughs> that yeah. then maybe, but like, you know how Stevens uh, 
house has the spiral staircase just going up yeah. to that little did. upper it doesn't room. anymore but yes what yeah he built did i tell you speaking of all this construction stuff he and his his wife's dad uh, i guess his father-in-law helped built built a staircase oh and like gosh. built a room and they've done so much construction and it's a great boring professional level yeah a boring yeah, yeah. normal staircase yeah, but like from oh, like they've added this whole tragedy. against the wall, and then they added like tr- triple the square footage up there, oh, maybe or double awful. it. I'm so yeah. sorry. It, to hear did, that. It's actually really great. That but that awful. particular spiral staircase, though, looking cool, was you know. Like, yeah, you would run into and, it, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah just, I get it, but the pros outweigh the cons. Like the <laughs> sheer awesomeness of a spiral staircase outweighs running into it. And whatever other annoyances there were, like it was just—it was a cool thing. Now I don't really care about Stephen's house anymore, or Stephen himself. Really, <laughs> come think of it, now that I reflect on the situation, now that I know that that staircase isn't there anymore, which which appeals more to you, um, a, a really like a sizable quarter wraparound porch you know and, and it looks great that and it's covered like and it has enough mm-hmm. where like there's fans even and like it's a it's like a place you're gonna hang out and you can decorate it how you want or not but like it's it's well done and and let's assume the climate is is comfortable for good portions of the year or a uh, a basement that's pretty sizable yeah, unfinished doesn't look really cool has some you know, fluorescent lighting in what? the box, but like, you know, and it's just like a blank canvas in a lot of ways. Did you say basement already? Well, I, before you told me how crappy it is. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's pretty big. You could fit a ping pong table. You could bring a couch down there, there but it is like a box, a just square, so, like not much going on. Like, well, I don't like the way you set up the question, but I, I will, pr- I would probably choose the basement. Uh, I just want to like, you give me this grand, this awesome porch with fans and stuff, but you give me a crappy basement. I don't understand. The <laughs> well, because I just think if it was one to one and was like this well furnished basement with a bar or something, or like potential, like like I needed to say one sort of unfinished and one is like because like it's likely to be the case when you buy a house that like either the front porch is like got the installed fans and it's yeah. Ready some people be, it's, it's, love their porch. Know. Some some people are porch people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just some people are just trying to avoid an inappropriate joke <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I guess popped into my mind. Intrusive thoughts. Anyway, I, some people are porch people and some people are basement people, and I'm a basement person. Like You're I could basement dweller. You're just I'm a so basement dweller. That, yeah. the, the thing, the, the things that I would enjoy doing on a porch. Not that I mean. You know, touching yourself, whatever. I don't know what is sitting there. Public public (laughs) exhibitionism, you know. I'm up on my mountaintop porch. Everyone can see me from all over town. Imagine how good that'd be. You're looking at all the world. Over the whole town. Sounds great. Everything the seed touches is my son touches. I don't think that's... All right. Yeah. You know, I You can play... You can set up a TV and video games it's well lit. But you... If you wanted to turn it into a theater, it wouldn't be that hard to do. Right, right. Like, That's what I'm right saying. Right now, it's white walls fine, and like a fine. fluorescent light. I, t- I take your crappy bargain, and I go a basement <laughs> anyway. And I would make a theater room and have a ping pong table. And it would be a place where I could do fun stuff. On the porch, yeah, yeah it looks nice. You can sit out there. Watch okay. the sunset. Yeah. You can read. I, you know, I like yeah. reading on the porch. When when I lived at home with Drink my parents, sweet tea, sitting in rocking chairs. I don't know. <laughs> when I lived with my parents, they have a pretty, a they decent, did a really front good porch. porch, like an above, well above average porch. Yeah, there's say. some fans and there's a swing, you know, swinging on the front yeah. porch. And I would lay out there and read in the summertime or in the springtime, or in the fall, and it was really pleasant to do that. However, as much as I enjoy reading on the porch like the climate plays a big plays a big part and at least you know there there's pollen most of the time or cat hair or you have to keep it clean and you know when it rains the rain blows under there there's just a lot of annoyance that comes with the porch and much of the time it's not going to be totally blissful to be on the porch whereas in the basement it's a more controlled environment 
and you know there's the fun things you can put in there so i choose basement in this dichotomy even though you Let- told me my walls are unfinished and stuff. <laughs> why is it that for a porch uh, your parents porch is a great example of a really nice it's sizable it's all the things i described but why is it that it's it's sort of plain and in, in, in terms of it's just like the front of the house extends and that's how the porch is built now if you give it for me a wraparound porch or a quarter wraparound where like if i were to sit at one end and the other end i couldn't see each other like it feels dynamic and cool and exciting to me in a way that like your parents porch although great and above average and i give it what the if i'm to critique it it is that it's just um not particularly visually stunning in terms of it's just there, right? I, maybe that's not even the right thing to say. It's not, it's not this visual. Maybe it is that it's visual. I don't know. It's just a straight, it's right there. As you can see all the ports, and there it is. Uh, I think, uh, maybe I'm being silly, but the no, I agree. Around is so uh, like, wow, I can put my water feature over here and a bunch of plants over here. Whereas yours is like, here's a porch swing and, and like, you know. I yeah, know. I mean, the wrap, I agree. The wraparound porch is. I don't know that I've used the word dynamic. Is your porch concrete, by the way? What is it? Yeah. Okay. And that that's also, a, uh, it's sturdy, but like, I don't know. I need my porch to be wood. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, no maintenance on. Yeah. On our, but concrete's on ugly. Maybe you could stain it in a different color. I don't know. There's something it about It does gray, have a special top. Con- okay. Okay. Well, then but I it, look, it looks like concrete, though, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's built on the foundation of the house, so it's like brick on the sides with Super the concrete solid. top. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. solid. Actually, uh, I don't know if I should disclose this information, but the, actually there's a little bit of space under the porch, and there's a secret <laughs> way to access that area. I like that you're li- – I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to explore that at some point. Really yeah, take advantage of that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't know if my dad has anything hidden under there right now or not. How, Maybe booby traps. There or not. Yeah. Could be booby traps. Not, I don't know. So, you know, if you check it out. Beware. Take your life into your own hands. <laughs> but it's not totally solid under there. Yeah. There would be a lot of concrete to fill up that huge space. No, that makes concrete, sense. No. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Wraparound porch. I agree. Aesthetically, they're very aesthetically pleasing. I like the idea of it, but it's a lot of space for a porch, and I don't know what I would do with all that space. Like, I only sit in one spot, you know, and so I don't need all that space. Same thing when I think about houses. You know, I don't need a lot of space, but seat ratio. I don't need a lot of seats. I only have one butt, so it really is pretty minuscule. It really would just be for the looks of it. To, to make people go, oh, nice porch you have Plants, here. rocking chairs, swinging. Right. Future sw- future people yeah. can do podcast episodes and talk about my porch, and that would yeah. be the main benefit of it. I would want to put a window frame, you know, with like with the glass, like a like, stained like glass just, window with like a, yeah, a hanging scene down. of the crucifixion or something. But that's intense. But well, um, that's that's not where you were going. No, I just meant like you take the window and frame and the glass and you hang it in the in the above the railings you know from, no, from the porch something the cool window like glass above the rail oh okay i see what you're saying like I'm a decoration i'm doing a porch yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A decoration just yeah like, like a, a decoration so it's, it's like odd but i yeah. like it really fo- like an old tattered window with like foggy glass or something you know really weird very yeah i could definitely see that on your porch <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it looked good uh yeah. All right, I'm kind of okay. tired of talking about houses. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs> 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 Over.